0: Critics uh, try to get after you and your style and that type of thing. My critics. You know, there's a couple around. Uh, How do you address that in regard to what you achieved and how you went about getting it done? You know, and that's part of the business. Uh, And whether it's praise or criticism, I treat it the same. You know, to me, you only can control what you have, what you do. And so um, every day I put as much as I can into it and I'm willing to live with the results um, and that's the way I've always approached it, so I never concerned myself with uh, the critics, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to study the team harder than anyone, anyone else, so I'm going to have a better understanding of the team also.
2: Tom Thibodeau, uh, with Timberwolves coach, had a little media send-off today. Chip Scoggins was there. Did he flash a smile when he said, my critics? Or uh, as if yeah. he was
1: bemused that there were some yeah. out there? Yeah, I don't know if it translated there. He was definitely being sarcastic. Kind <laughs> of, uh, that was in jest. He he clearly knew there are critics of him out there. He That was the, the one thing he did smile about. And, uh, I mean, as much as I was writing that now, as much as uh, Tibbs kind of has this persona of, he locks himself in the bunker and he just studies basketball twenty four hours a day. I think he is generally aware of uh what what the perception is of of the team and how the season went uh outside of that because um it is amazing to me, Pat, just how angry a large percentage of the fan base is the way that the season went and ended. Uh, what is interesting to me,
2: I was saying it to somebody, that uh, when the season started, uh, people were saying, yeah, I think they're going to be uh, quite a bit better. I think they'll win in the high 40s. And they won in the high 40s, and everybody's mad. <laughs> I know. You know yeah, I, it- think, I think because they were flirting around, hanging in that third or fourth playoff spot for so long, people uh, started looking at that as reality. Well,
1: I think it was a number of things. Well, look at the number of losses that they had. I think it counted up one time. It was either six or eight to the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, That's
2: true. You know, they
1: lost to Phoenix. They lost to Atlanta. They lost to. They just had some losses where you're you just, you're looking at. It and you're like, what is going on here? You're you're losing to the worst teams, and so I think. And also, I think whether we want to admit it or whether it's fair or not, style points mattered for the, oh, for yeah. the fan base and and the way they played. Uh, at times was maddening, and I think the the thing I'm writing tomorrow too, Pat. That the biggest thing is they made some improvement defensively, but they still finished 22nd in the league in in defense. And if they're going to make that next step to become a a legitimate team that can contend uh, for a championship, you, you got it. you can't be average. I mean, they're going to have to make a. Significant jump in that. In that, and regard. they would have been
2: thirtieth again or 29th, if they didn't get Butler.
1: So I mean, the oh, only death the death. only
2: reason for uh, for defensive improvement was Jimmy Butler played sixty two games or whatever the heck it was. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the, and, 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 it the, it hasn't translated. There were moments that Wiggins uh, played decent defense. Yeah. Uh, I'd say he had more good defensive moments than Towns did, but uh, not,
0: well, they
1: both were they're both were better pad, but they also had those lapses where they're just not it's just not consistent and I mean how many games do we hear Butler after the game just complaining about the effort and he didn't name names but he didn't have to you know everyone knew who he was talking about and so I I don't know how they do it I do think they need to uh, tweak the roster and they need to because their bench is not good defensively either, and so they need to they need to you know bring some defensive guys in here. But um, I think they,
2: everybody we all say they need a shooter, and they certainly do. But I think they need a big guy. I think they need somebody yeah, yeah. to. Yeah. And now that this Patton has had another foot surgery, uh, they mm-hmm. need a they need a guy that uh, is going to relieve uh, Towns of uh, of uh, fifteen minutes of duty of banging into the Rudy Bears of the world.
1: Yeah, and you need somebody that's going to block shots and be a rim protector because they just don't have that. And, I mean, it, the thing that's weird about their offense, Pat, they finished fourth in the NBA in in offensive uh, rating efficiency. Yeah. But they took and made the fewest three-pointers. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's room for growth there. I mean, if you just add any kind of three-point right. shooting, it's going to be a significant upgrade. But defensively, They've got a lot of work just to be average. Uh, I don't like. So. I
2: I don't buy the idea that they should just be throwing up more three pointers to throw them up, however. Because, no, uh, I mean, your only shooter that's supposed to be a shooter was Jamal Crawford, and he had a terrible year. So, uh, you know, yeah, and, I mean, Wiggins is. Uh, Wiggins can't make two, but we we twos, but we thinks he, we think he can make threes. Is that uh, is that the notion? I don't get it.
1: Well, I don't I don't know that he's ever going to be a reliable three point shooter, and I don't know that Tom Thibodeau is ever going to uh, cut him loose and just say "Have at it, <laughs> to launch him up." I mean, I, you now they got they 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 have to figure out how to get you know more and make more. Yeah, but they're not going to become the Houston Rockets. I mean, that's just not who he is. So I think the potential for them to to be even better and uh, you know make a bigger impact is if they can get better defensively and you would hope uh, another year of of learning with these guys that they'll become better at and if they they do tweak the roster because if they can get in that top ten now all of a sudden you're thinking okay this is you know a really high scoring team that can that can shut people down too but when you're twenty second in the league in defense efficiency I just don't think you can win big that way.
2: Uh, the uh the peop the anti Tibbs crowd somehow let them get in in their heads that uh uh Taylor might be willing to eat twenty four million and let him go. I don't think uh once they beat Denver in that uh in that play in game, uh, that was not a possibility. Uh but uh the, but the fact that Glenn wasn't all in on it being a great season kind of gave people I guess the uh Tibbs critics hope. But uh, yeah, that, was, I
1: mean, that was never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, he, he obviously de- uh, didn't give him a ringing endorsement after the season, but I don't think there was any way really legitimately that you're going to eat $24 million of a contract. And you can't get, get rid a of coach. a guy who improved by 16 games. Exactly. Yeah, with a coach who won 16 more games and got in the playoffs in <laughs> the first time in forever, and you're going to say, okay, that's not good enough. I'm worried, $24, uh, $24 million check. That, that just wasn't going to happen now. It would have been interesting to see had they lost that Denver game. Um, I, yeah. I don't think he would have lost his job, but, you know, would he have? Uh, I don't know what he would have done. I mean, he obviously, uh, Glenn Taylor wouldn't have been happy, but I, I just still, even then, I would have been shocked if he would have been willing to, um, you know, give him a $24 million thing. Because here's the thing if Tibbs is gone, Jimmy Butler's gone, and now all of a sudden you're <laughs> starting over again, and they don't want to do that. And uh, here's the, I did enjoy the fact that he gave a big glowing endorsement to
2: Derek again to get everybody all worked up. <laughs> I love it. Keep poking the bear. Keep getting them upset. I'm the main Including one who's my worked guy up, Manny too, Hill is not, uh he, he I don't
0: want him
1: back. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't I want Derek back. So uh, I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, Manny.
0: He's coming back. I, I know. I know. When I saw Tim's com- uh, comments today on it, I said, yeah, he's totally I back. I just said
2: today, uh, just before a minute ago, what is the greatest love affair in America? Uh, in Minnesota sports, Molitor with Robbie Grossman, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Zimmer with Terrence Newman, or uh, yeah. or Tibbs with Derrick Rose. That's uh, that's that's the question. Which yeah. one of these?
1: Well, it's it's funny. I mean, and the thing is, you know what? He played pretty darn good in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, he did. But, but the trouble but... is, if you sign him he'll
2: play thirty games.
1: That's the thing. I mean, I don't know what they'll sign him for, but can you realistically count on him giving you really a whole lot during the regular season? And maybe they're willing to sacrifice that just to hope he shows up and plays well in the postseason. But yeah, you know, they weren't going to discuss contracts today but it he left the impression that it was pretty uh pretty likely that they're going to resign uh, Derek Rose for sure.
3: I
2: think he'll have to come cheap though. I don't think they'll give him the uh 8 million dollar exception. I don't think they'll they will. They
1: can't do that, right? Oh no, no, they got to
2: spend that on a big guy or something.
1: You yeah. have to go out and get a, a rim protector there, I think yeah. unless you're going to make a you know a significant trade and I still I know the Wiggins thing is kind of hot and heavy, and everybody wants them to trade him. I, I still would be surprised if they did that. No, I don't, don't think there's
2: either. a, a – who, wants to, who wants to take him yeah. for $148 million? You, you're stuck yeah, with that.
1: You're not really selling – well, it was interesting. And, it, and you know, It's just semantics, and maybe we shouldn't read too much into it. But you know, the, twice they said that uh, both uh, Tibbs and and Scott Layden said they felt like uh, Wiggins had a uh, – how they uh, played a terrific year. Wow. Which – Oh, my God. You'd be hard pressed to find anybody outside of that room that called it a terrific year. Well, if they um, actually
2: said that and Corzo heard it, somebody's going to have to fill in for him Sunday because he, <laughs> he just had an aneurysm. So he's, he's, it'll be awful for it Corzo if he heard that one.
1: But, I mean, I, I don't know that they're ever going to come out and say, you know what, he had a lousy year and this is, you know, they're not going to do that. But they have to figure that out, Pat, with him. I mean, they, they've got to figure out how to make it work with Jimmy and him. And, and, 'Cause they just can't go through another year of this where you have sorta of this tension with him and Butler and Butler sending, you know, messages through the media and constantly talking about effort. They they just can't have another year like that. And so I think they'll have to sit down. Tim's said he does two, three weeks after the season, he sits down with every player and goes over the season kind of what the expectations are. I think with Wiggins, just say get in the gym and shoot. You yeah. gotta rediscover your shot. One last question: He always smug, Rick Spielman. Did he
2: outsmug himself uh, in this draft by not uh, by not uh,
1: looking for more help for this season? Yeah, you know, I would have liked him to maybe try to get that interior offense alignment early on. Even if I had to take, you know, to trade up, I I didn't have too much complaints with with taking a cornerback first round because I just think the way that season ended last year with uh, their secondary having all kinds of issues. And I think Zimmer just said we need more good players, in the you know, in the secondary. So I don't know. I mean, it's no a, uh, I think
2: it's a bad commentary on Mackenzie Alexander, don't you?
1: Oh, without doubt. Yeah. 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 I mean, and th- and then you re-signed Terrence Newman at 40 years old today. <laughs> <laughs> really bad sign for that, that you had to bring a guy who's 40 in the, to play because you don't trust him. Hey, Pat, if they don't have that miracle catch. Yeah. Against New Orleans, we're talking about that what fourth and ten that McKenzie Alexander gave up on yep. that on that go ahead score. So
0: I think uh, I, Zim's,
1: I think Zim's still talking about that somewhere out at the uh, new complex too. So. Yeah, that's probably we probably saw him talking about that in the draft. That's why we got all these <laughs> quarterbacks coming in. All right, Chip, thank you, sir. Thank you, Patrick. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune a
2: sports columnist. A little Tibbs update today. Uh, Very encouraging for some of us, some of the things he said today. I'm looking forward to next season for this well-coached juggernaut. As I said the other day on Twitter, next to Tibbs, I'd take Brad Stevens as my coach. We'll be back.
1: And now, Joe and Pat present... Sports Talk's
0: Person of the Day. Far from the pocket. Looks one way and it's intercepted! A takeaway for Terrence Newman. A quick snap. End zone throw. Battled for and intercepted! Terrence Newman with his second pick of the day. Well,
2: He's back! Terrence Newman, who had been a free agent, and they they waited through the draft to see whether they were going to bring him back mm-hmm. or not. Well, they drafted a cornerback, and they brought him back anyway. You
0: just can't they send him away, Mike man. Hughes.
2: Terrence, he's one of the most astounding athletes of modern times in the NFL. Yeah. As fast as the game is now, as the priority putting on, covering big, strong, fast receivers, Terrence Newman continues to go along. He'll turn forty years old on September fourth, and he's five foot ten, weighs almost two hundred, played at Kansas State. Fifth round pick uh by the Cowboys back in two thousand three. Uh was Zimmer had to be there. Then, I think right? he was there in Zimmer Dallas yeah, there. at that time. Zimmer fell in love with him then. Mm-hmm. Zimmerman Zimmerman Zimmer had him for three years in Cincinnati. Yep. And now he's heading back for his fourth season with the Vikings, Terrence wow. Newman. Uh, here's the deal. I got a hold of Collar, and I didn't really know because all last fall it was, I mean, at last in August, McKenzie was going to be the slot. McKenzie Alexander was going to be the slot guy. yep. And Newman was going to back him up and do a little bit of this. Well, Collar gave me the numbers at the end of the season. Newman had played 53% of the defensive plays. (laughs) Alexander had played 30% of the defensive plays. He is definitely Mike Zimmer's security blanket, and he loves to play, and he keeps performing, and he's going to be 40 years old. And he was, two years ago, he was the oldest corner in the NFL, right?
0: I think so, So yeah. So
2: now he's like, Three years older, three, four no. years older than every, any
0: other corner in the NFL. Now, how long did Daryl, because Daryl Green played till he was almost Darryl 40. Daryl Green,
2: didn't he? yeah, probably was dang near 40, right? Yeah, yeah he was probably 40 and was a fan, and a lot of this, I mean, this guy could really run in his
1: day, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Newman was blazing oh, yeah. fast in oh, his yeah. day, but he's a step uh, slower than he is, but it's, uh, I was reading a New York Times piece from a couple of years ago that they did a long piece about how when he studies, it's like dark room, curtains pulled. Nobody's not in there studying with the other cornerbacks or anything. He's like Tibbs. He does. Yeah, he does his own deal. He does his <laughs> own deal makes his own decisions. Maybe he isn't trying to give these guys too many hints so they can take his job, but uh, good for this guy. He's still going. I'm sure they're getting him cheap like they always do. But uh, fantastic, uh, Terrence Newman. You know the Star Tribune. Every year they give out the Sports Person of the Year award,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and they've done some weird stuff, like they've given it given it to the guy who designed uh, uh, Target Field, and it was, he did a great job. And they gave it to the judge Harry Crump, who who kept contraction from uh, going through, and. And then most years we give it to a Lynx player. Uh, We've given it to, uh, I think, Maya, Simone. Lindsay, of course, won it when she was a gopher. And uh,
0: Sylvia won it once, And No, Reeve won it. Oh, okay, Cheryl Reeve, okay.
2: This is a guy, you should look at a guy like this. Yeah. If they have a real good year. -year 40-year-old, still playing football. Everything the game... Everything the the addiction to the game is about, right?
0: Yeah, I I would be curious to his workout regimen, like his diet, everything. He's got to be on that that Tom Brady stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. Tom Brady's got this crazy sort of yes. eating habits and workout habits. I and didn't all this realize stuff.
2: Brady's going to be forty two
0: this year. Forty one, I think. But you'll but yeah, if
2: they keep playing, it. What what was he for the Super Bowl? Forty. I think it's forty. So it'll yeah. be forty one. So it'll okay. be forty one. But, yeah, this guy is uh, And Newman fantastic. plays a position
0: that's much more, I mean, all due respect oh, yeah. to quarterbacks, I mean, it's much more physically yeah, demanding because he, he plays because chasing in the slot, wide receivers but, all the but time. But the
2: five backs are on the, you know, the, the third linebacker's on the field 30% of the time now. Right. And the the, the slot
0: guys on Those the teams field. are spreading you out more. Yeah,
2: the slot guys on the field uh, all the time. And I'm sure we'll go into the year saying – well, we're going to give McKenzie Alexander another look. And, and our new draft choice, Hughes, can play this. And when the, when it's over, Terrence Newman will play over <laughs> half the place. So uh, good for him. And why stop playing if you still love it and uh, you can still, still get the job it, yeah. done? And you got a coach who's addicted to you, right? right exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Terrence Newman, sports person of the day. One of the greatest things I've heard in recent years in sports was I was up watching Osseo play football when Bridge Tussler was their star. You know, up there a few years ago. It must have been the year they won. No, the year before they won the state title.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And John Hanson, the old legendary Osseo coach who I knew from back when they beat everybody, was standing there, and we were standing on the sidelines, and he said, "You know, that kid's an athlete." And he said, "I said, yeah." He says, "You know what an athlete is?" He says, "That's somebody when his mind tells him." To do something, he can do it. And I just ran across this quote from Harrison Smith on Terrence Newman. He can think about what's going to happen and get his body to do it. He can make plays with his mind. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's part of the secret, I guess. You can say, I should be over there, and then you get over there. (laughs) (laughs) You are capable of getting over there,
0: I guess. And when you uh, realize... You I should be over, over there, there but I can't, can't get, get there over there. there. And that's when then
2: Terrence Newman is leaving, <laughs> but he isn't leaving yet. Here's Johnny Height with a
4: sports update. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, twins, they're playing Toronto tonight, Kick off a three-game series down at Target Field. Lance Lynn goes for the Twins, Aaron Sanchez for the Blue Jays. Uh, your Twins lineup, Dozier, Maurer, Rosario, Escobar, Kepler, Grossman, Morrison, Garver, and Adrianza. Also some Twins news in the last hour. Uh, one of the Twins' top pitching prospects will be called up to the big leagues to make his debut Wednesday. Against the Blue Jays, manager Paul Molitor said Fernando Romero will take the place of Phil Hughes in the starting rotation. Hughes has struggled in his two starts since coming back from uh, the oblique injury at the end of spring training. He had a second surgery about nine months ago to alleviate the symptoms of thoracic outlet syndrome. For now, Molitor says Hughes will head back to the Twins' bullpen to try to get back on track. Romero, you might remember, had a great spring training. Yes, he did. Eight innings. Uh, he had a double play mixed in there, faced only 24 men, the minimum number You'll because
2: like- this uh, guy, the ball goes hook,
4: when it <laughs> lands
2: it goes thunk.
4: He's uh, he's got good stuff. He's only twenty three too, mm-hmm. so big, big strong kid. Well, big, big strong. I kid. saw him pitch three innings spring training. He looked very good mm-hmm. in those three innings. Vikings announcing today they have exercised their fifth year option on quarterback Trey Wayne's former first round pick for Michigan State will now be under contract through at least twenty nineteen. Uh, last year he was a full time starter, played ninety two percent of snaps. According to Football Outsiders, the Vikings finished fifth in the league against the team's number 2 receivers, who generally matched up against Waynes. and Pro Football Focus rated him as one of the top 10 run defenders at his position. His cap hit will be just over $9 bucks. Good, he's finally getting paid by these cheap SOBs. <laughs> uh, Vikes also sent out the list of their undrafted free agents they signed after the draft. Among them, uh, Jake Wenicky, a wide receiver from South Dakota State, he is a Maple Grove. Yeah. And my guy that I wrote about last week, Damon Gibson, the kid from um,
2: MSU Moorhead State mm-hmm. from Little Beardsley, got signed by your Packers as yeah. a tight
4: end. He played, he was a nine-man football guy. Yes, nice nine-man, cool. yeah, yeah, quarterback. Well, uh, the head of team security for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is looking into an online threat made against GM Jason Licht. Uh, on Friday, a fan with the Twitter alias Knowles 22 posted a series of angry tweets about the Bucks draft, including a GIF from a murder scene in the movie King of New York with the words, When I see Jason Lick the next mm. time I roll through Tampa. Yeah, he thought he was being funny. Uh-huh. He might not be so funny when he's uh, in front of a judge. The fan later identified himself as 38-year-old Mike Rogers of Houston. Rogers told the Tampa Bay Times it was a total exaggeration and he was, quote, so caught he, up in the moment. He wasn't threatening to kill him. Okay. No. He said he was just upset that the Bucks didn't draft FSU safety. Well, then, then James. That's, that's, that explains it. <laughs> Go ahead and make death threats if you're uh, if you're disappointed in a uh, in a draft choice. What is wrong with people? <laughs> federal law says that a person found guilty of communicating a threat to kidnap or injure a person in interstate or foreign commerce is subject to a fine or up to five years in federal prison because the internet is a means of interstate commerce. Online threats can be federally prosecuted. Steph Curry will likely make his much-anticipated postseason debut tomorrow. They need him. (laughs) Game two of the Warriors' second-round series. against the New Orleans (laughs) Pelicans. Uh, The Warriors are officially listing him as probable. Head coach Steve Kerr said Curry will not be on a minute's restriction. Golden State won game one, 123-101 over New Orleans. It's been just over five weeks since Curry, a two-time MVP, suffered his grade two MCL sprain in the left knee, missed 15 games. The plan for him all along was to make a return at some point during the semifinals round. He has participated fully now in four straight (laughs) practices he wanted. Portland playing. should be mad madder, uh
2: angrier at their coach than the uh, Timberwolves fans are at theirs. Yeah. He got beaten four straight by the <laughs> under they, they were Pelicans.
0: Just, yeah, they were just awful. Steph will probably play about 15 minutes because they'll be up by 30 mm-hmm. in the third quarter and Steve Crow will say, yeah, take the rest of the night off, Steph.
4: Uh, he was quoted as saying for this story that he actually wanted to play game one, but uh, Curry, would, Curry wouldn't let him. So. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. <laughs>
2: That was an interesting note that uh, uh, John Anderson slipped in when we were uh, talking to him earlier today about this fine gopher baseball team. Uh, On Friday night, I believe he said it's going to be, Glenn Perkins uh, will be honored, and his name will be uh, put on the Baseball Performance Center that they have as part of the baseball facilities over at the university because of his uh, generous contributions for several years including uh, recently to the uh, gopher baseball program glenn perkins it will be the glenn perkins family uh, or the perkins family uh, performance center i believe they said the name will be Uh, Derek Wetmore is with us in the press box at uh, Target Field. So, uh, Fernando Romero on the way up, uh, do you suspect that we're at the end of the line with Phil Hughes, or do you believe they're sending him to the bullpen?
3: Uh, They are sending him to the bullpen for now, Pat, but uh, if what we saw against the Reds and against the Yankees in his first two starts, if that's all he's got left, I'm not sure how valuable he'll be to them out of the bullpen. But they are going to, for now, send him out there in sort of a long relief role, and uh, I guess hope that he gets it back.
2: So what this is telling us is that somebody is only here for two days, and uh, whether it's John Curtis or somebody else, right?
3: Well, you could do a couple of things, and one of them is a, a scary news update. Not scary, just bad for the twins, in that Miguel Sano, who should be good to go by now, Went out running on the field, and um, Paul Molnar said it did not go well today. So right. I don't know. Maybe I'm connecting the dots there. That says DL could be happening on Wednesday, or else they could just do what they do every day and send out a pitcher.
2: Uh, well, but they're not going to go to 14 pitchers for God's sake!s Not even these guys are <laughs> stupid <laughs> enough to do that. Hey, they're man, not I've been wrong that. before. Nick Gordon, where's Nick Gordon? Chattanooga, or Rochester.
3: I thought he was in Rochester. So yeah, he is.
2: He's playing well. Get him up here and have him play third base and put this guy on the disabled list. They'll be waiting for him for a month.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, he went out to try to test it today, and I, I personally, I was expecting that this was going to be a one-day thing, sit him down, and then he's back up. Because this guy could, I and mean, even if he's not running at full speed, you know, he provides value with his bats, you'd think try to rush him back into the lineup and the fact that he's down for a third day with this, I, w- I would think if he's not ready to go tomorrow Pat, that they would look to do some kind of disabled list
2: thing. Well, but when has when is, when is anybody ever gotten cured rapidly, especially I, him? It doesn't, they right. they, they they convinced themselves that uh, he'd be the last guy in the world that you would suspect to recover quickly from a hamstring problem. So there is uh, a
3: lot of hamstring there to strain. Yes, yes
2: there is. It's uh,
3: now uh, I, I would
2: think that it would be uh, really uh, a bad idea to uh, say, okay, we don't have to do anything in the infield here. We'll uh, we'll bring up another outfielder or something. Uh, I you know why not take a look at the Gordon kid for two weeks.
3: Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think that there's this this feeling that uh, playing with a short bench is okay, and I don't know that the manager shares that view. We uh, uh-huh. asked today about, you know, how long can you wait around for Sano as you wait on this, and uh, he he made it seem like it wouldn't be too long. They'd have to make a decision one way or the other here, um, whether it's Gordon or somebody else, just to give him something. Because if Escobar's in the starting lineup and Adrianza's in the starting lineup. That doesn't leave you a whole lot of options. Well,
2: and, uh, you know, putting uh, this guy on the disabled list with an actual injury makes a lot more sense than putting Buxton on the disabled list with a headache.
3: Well, as somebody who suffers from migraines, I can say that's a little bit different than just a headache. But I know, there are people, but what
2: I'm, I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing him in any way. But they come and they go. They don't stay for sure. days and days and days. They don't stay for a week. Generally speaking, they haven't right. with him. So there was no sense in putting him on the DL, in my opinion.
3: That surprised me a little bit too. That you know, I've had migraines that take me out of a day of work, Pat, but it's uh, usually fine the next day. Uh, I don't know what he deals with because they they seem to be a lot different than what I've experienced, but I will say that for Buxton's part, he's given it a go. He stood in there against pitchers today to try to see if he could just tolerate sort of the load-bearing thing now on the broken toe, and he's going to try to run tomorrow. I think if that goes okay, they're hopeful that he'll be back sooner than later at this point. I don't know if I'd be surprised if Buxton doesn't beat Sano back to the starting lineup.
2: Oh, he'll beat him back, no problem. Uh, So what else is uh, Molitor saying about his uh, about
3: his team? Well, he's of course worried about the short starts that they've had, and any manager would be. But I think he's genuinely excited about Fernando Romero taking over for Hughes. I I think sometimes Pat, you can hear guys that you you could hear someone in the organization talking up a top prospect, and you think, okay. You're just sort of being nice. You're, you're sort of selling this to me, right? But in the case of Romero, I think they're legitimately excited about the stuff, the the electric fastball that he brings. And I think that uh, Motors he, he did bring up the walks, so control is going to continue to be an issue for Romero. But the fact that he has the fastball to go with a pretty good changeup and working on a slider, I think they're excited about the future for him. Oh yeah, he, um, well, he, that,
2: I saw him a couple times this spring. I yeah. like him a lot, but set
3: uh, reasonable expectations because he's still young. But I do think that there's a chance mm-hmm. he comes and just puts a stranglehold on that rotation spot.
2: Yeah, well, they uh, they need something good to happen here. At least uh, I was pointing out they don't have Donaldson, Bautista, or yes. uh, or Encarnacion in the lineup, so it, it might be safe to stand and le- sit in left field. Uh, uh, because uh, the Blue Jays have always come in there and hit more home runs than anybody.
3: Yeah, somebody asked, Mueller, they said that Blue Jays have sort of done what they've done at Target Field the last couple of years, but most of those guys are gone, and Molly says, yeah, that's too bad. You know, yeah. he was really <laughs> disappointed about missing those big bombers in the middle of their lineup today.
2: Well, yeah, it, uh, it, it's uh, I I think that they w- they were going to have a hard time uh, looking everybody in the eye and saying they're going to run Phil out there again the way he's throwing right now. So I just wonder if uh, there's a not a, if there's a not a subplot going on with him here and uh, you know the old ten uh, day DL, twenty day rehab, and see if he can get his act together.
3: Yeah, but I mean, if we're talking about the thoracic outlet syndrome, he had that second surgery what nine months ago now. I I start to look at it now, Pat. And last yeah. year was sort of, uh, it's like, oh, here's our last resort. This is the desperation. Let's give him a second surgery because maybe the first one didn't work. And they were just all optimism about him this spring. Now, at this point, you're far enough removed from the surgery. And unless, uh, unless there's some other injury or something, boy, what we saw in the two starts from him in New York and then here against the Reds, I'm, I'm just not sure what else. Uh, he can if really he can't do
2: get it back up to 93, uh, you can't, you can't pitch. Because he, no, he's a he fastball. Was, he never had a mix of pitches. It's a fastball and a cutter. When his great year was a fastball and a cutter. The changeup is some uh, the slider. That's all. Those are all fourth string pitches for him. And if he doesn't have the fastball, uh, God love him. Uh, the injuries got him, and uh, and it didn't work out. So.
3: Yeah, and you thirty-one. So you don't like to say guys cooked at that age. But if mm-hmm. it's just multiple surgeries in a couple of years back to back, and we haven't seen him get back to the sort of uh, strike-throwing machine that he was for the Twins early. Uh, yeah, There's uh, if you're a major league hitter, he's not exactly putting fear in your heart when you walk up to the plate these days.
2: All right, thanks, Derek. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Derek uh, Wetmore uh, reporting from a target uh, field and uh, Fernando Rano, Ramo, Romero coming up. He's good, kids, uh, folks. You'll like him. Hey, did you see the uh, yesterday, Pittsburgh... Uh, Started this guy, Nick Kingham, who got drafted uh, way back in, uh, where is he now? Nick Kingham. He got drafted way back in 2010. He'd had Tommy John. He'd have all these problems. They'd had a doubleheader on Wednesday. They called him up, and uh, first time he's pitching. So he'd been at it for nine years, and he's got a perfect game through 20 batters. Retired the first 20 batters. Uh, Paul DeJong singled down a left field line with two outs in the seventh for Pittsburgh. But he had uh, a—the Elias Sports Bureau, which keeps all the baseball records, said no pitcher in the expansion era since 1961 had taken a perfect game bid so far in a debut in the major leagues. Wayne Simpson of the Reds in 1970 and Ken Cloudy of the Mariners in 1997 each retired their first 16 batters. Wayne Simpson, he was a big, strong dude, man. But anyway, uh, he was once a top, uh, top Pirates uh, prospect in his uh, path to the majors, Tommy John, all kinds of other things. But, uh, hey, that's a, that the guy hung in there, and he got that. How about Jason Witten, folks? What makes ES, ESPN, by the way, laying off dozens of yep. scores of competent people Has offered uh, Jason Whitman would uh, Jason Witten would get a one point zero five million and up to seven hundred and fifty thousand in roster bonuses this year if he stayed with the Dallas Cowboys. The ESPN has offered him four to four and a half million a year to be the uh, analyst on Monday Night Football. I I don't. What do they think he's going to be? Tony Romo.
0: I I I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm partial to Jason Witten cuz he's a former Tennessee Vol, but I don't he doesn't he doesn't do anything for me as a Monday Night Football they commentator. They must think
2: that he's uh they must think he's good. I don't know. A hmm. hey, uh Victor Aladipo tossed in a 3 at the buzzer yesterday for Indiana. Did you mm-hmm. see this? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. The uh, Cavs were uh, six and a half point favorites when the day started. Oh, the boys were It had were closed at either five or five and a half. Uh, so they were going to win by seven. He <laughs> threw in the three at the buzzer rather than driven it out and cut it to 105, 101. And the Pacers cover. It was probably a swing of three million to five million in Nevada. Said Johnny Avello, head of the race and sports book at the win in Las Vegas.
0: I'd be curious to see
2: what our guy, Brandon Lang, uh, yeah. what, oh, what his thoughts were. On. Yeah, we got to get him on. We, have, we so,
0: haven't had him on
2: in a month. Yeah. We, we maybe have to call him up and ask him about that one. <laughs> These types of things happen five or more times a week, but uh, generally it's a two run home run to cover the run line in the bottom of the ninth or an empty net goal in the NHL. This one had a lot more money on it and a lot more attention paid to it okay uh a monster wave i i'm a big fan of surfing it's it's a very i i wouldn't know how to judge the sport unless you fall down right but uh <laughs> sure. it, it's, it's kind of fun to watch because <laughs> you see the big waves yeah the world surf league announced they have been studying this since last november rodrigo coxa has ridden the biggest wave ever surfed. He was at the group's Big Wave Awards in Santa Monica on Saturday, and it, and the judges had determined that a wave coaxed a road in, off the uh, shores of Portugal on November 8th was 80 feet high. This overtook the previous record of 78 feet set by Jeez. Garrett McNamara in 2011. So, if Terrence... He was the leading contender for sports person of the day until the Vikings re signed Terrence Newman. So he'll just have to settle for his award from the surfing body. We'll be back.
0: Manny Hill, what you got? It might be the same daily complaint that you have, sir. It's the Twins just playing <laughs> like dogs against a dog of a team in the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend. I know they got the win on Saturday, but that team is lousy, and you and you have them in your home ballpark for the weekend. You could have at least won two out of three. At least win two out of three against that lousy team.
2: Uh, well, uh, that's, uh, that is true. I guess my uh, daily complaint is that uh, after a pretty dang good first round of the nba playoffs i'm a little worried that we aren't going to have any nail biters here in the second yeah. round looks like utah's not going to last
0: very well long, without I mean.
2: ricky uh, that hasn't i mean ricky wouldn't be the difference but he'd help a little bit yeah but it uh it looks like in the western conference we're gonna we're gonna get what we expected the warriors and the rockets and we might get them very soon all right, we'll do this again tomorrow. Reavers might join us. Well, not that we care, but that'd be